It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RSL Sundays podcast, joined today by myself, Ethan Kershaw, alongside with Alex Maurer to bring you all things Real Salt Lake throughout this week. Alex, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, actually. I just came back from my sister's wedding. It was a splendid evening. Everything went super well. It was the food was delicious in that. Like if you can stick that landing, (laughs) everything else is just like icing on the cake, in my opinion. So, uh, no, it was tremendous, but it was great. My U13s, unfortunately, I wasn't there for their game and they lost three to one. So that was minorly heartbreaking uh, for our our supporter shield race. But other than that, no, it's been great. I got to also play some soccer with Kyle from the RSL show at a Kaye event. And Sweet. that was fantastic. If you haven't made it out to Kaye, you should do so because it's very fun. Yes, and yeah, it, was kind of an, it was kind of an action packed week. I'll be honest. I also started back up at work again. So just, uh, just a lot going on, but no, it was all, all good things. Ethan, what about yourself? Very busy week, very busy week for me as well. Um, Love fantasy football, so I guess we should just throw that in that fantasy football started this week. I don't want to talk about it. Which is, is very fun and exciting, but <laughs> <laughs> as um, someone who started Allen Robinson, I would rather not spend well, any more time hey, talking about I, fantasy I, football. I started Allen Robinson just about all the leagues I have him, which is a yeah. lot. And so that was um that was rough. Yeah, Better days are to come for Allen Robinson, I think. But um on on that side note, um, I actually went to a theatrical production tonight. Really? Um, yeah, it was called David Ochoa messes around with RSL, and the game ends zero zero. So we'll talk Delightful. about that. Delightful! I can't alert, wait but, to hear more about that. Um, so, oh boy, that was it was one of the most. Fr- <laughs> to be honest, it was one of the most frustrating games of the entire season for me. Where like. Like the, I don't know if there's another game this year that RSL RSL really should have. Well, I guess we'll probably save it for the recap. But RSL really should have won this game. Uh, probably talk more a about tale it later, as but, old oh, as time. My friend. Yes, yes, yes. What else is new? So maybe this is just a repeat podcast. But if you're listening right now, we do appreciate it. Promise that we won't repeat too much stuff on this podcast um, unless we're talking about Sergio Snordova. I guess for tonight. So uh, we'll we'll see about that. But. Thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate it. If you haven't already, make sure to follow follow Alex. Great follow on Twitter at, at Alex Maurer is where you can find him. Thank you can you, find me you. at Ethan Kershaw nine on Twitter. Also, make sure to hit up the Hive Sports. Follow them at the Hive Sports on Twitter. It's where you can find all of our podcast episodes, and you can find all of our podcast episodes on their own separate channel, which we have uh, the links for in our bio as well. So. Um, let's go ahead and jump on in the episode and, and talk about the juicy stuff that you all came here to <laughs> to listen. Um, and let's start off with our, our first segment of the day. It's going to be our lovely, beloved pod trivia segment. So, Alex, um, I think I saw somewhere along the lines that you're you were cooking up a question for me today. It took you a little longer than usual, but let's see what you got. I did. I actually had to outsource this one. So this question comes courtesy of LD from the Royal Riot Pod. He says, Ethan, this is your question. <laughs> There are three MLS teams who have yet to lose back-to-back games in this MLS regular season. RSL is one of them. Who are the other two? 
Who are the other two? Teams that have not lost back-to-back games this MLS regular season. If you Hmm. include Open Cup, things get a little fuzzy, especially with RSL. (laughs) But we are not including that here. Well, hmm, I think... I want to say LAFC, but I know I'm pretty sure they've lost two in a row this year. Very recently, yes, they did lose three in a row, my friend. Philadelphia. If you, if you Philadelphia is one. Yes. You have Philadelphia and RSL. Yeah. There is one last one out there. I will give you two guesses. Can you give me one hint and one Eastern guess? Conference. Okay, Eastern Conference. That actually does help. Uh, Eastern Conference. Let's just say a really random team because it might just be a really random team. Orlando City. New York Red Bulls. You were close in the random category, but thank you, LD, so much for that pod trivia. That one was 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 a good one. That was a tough one, too. Yeah, Red Bulls. I thought you really put your best foot forward. Thank you. RSL, which is... And Real Salt Lake. Really weird, but... Which we're going to get to a stat about RSL's recent run of form. Not even (laughs) recent, just (laughs) almost darn near half-season-long run of form, and that that stat will become even more impressive or even less impressive (laughs) based on your (laughs) standpoint and general outlook on life. All right, well, here's how it's going to work. Alex is going to do the heavy lifting for the next uh, little bit with the uh, the Monarchs and our, our new segment, and then um, I'm going to try and do more of the heavy lifting best I possibly can for our, our game review at DC United. Um, as Alex mentioned, he was at his sister's uh, wedding tonight, which was awesome for him, um, but I was at the game um, somewhat, unfortunately. So <laughs> let's move on to our Monarch Minute podcast before I get too into uh, the frustration that I'm currently feeling right now. So Alex, I am watching the time this time, and I'm just going to wait till it gets to 30 seconds, five, five minutes, 30 seconds. So ready, and set, and go. the Monarchs have loaned standout midfielder and all-around Swiss Army Knife Christian Nidegger to FC Tucson of USL League One. Nidegger will join them for the rest of their 2022 campaign. It's a strange move with him only taking a marginal at best step up in terms of level of level of play. And it comes outside the RSL or Blitzer umbrella. The positive is that he'll get an extra three games as the USL schedule is slightly longer than that of MLS next pro. But other than that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Presumably it'll take him time to integrate into the team. So I wonder if the time lost will equate to roughly the same amount of games he would have played with the Monarchs anyways. Regardless, it's a decision that I bet we'll see more of in the future as the level of competition in MLS next pro isn't exactly the best. However, who cares about the level of play when things are going well? The Monarchs went on the road to California and returned semi-victorious. The team came back from a 2-0 scoreline to tie things up and eventually walk away with the PK shootout W, their first of the season, giving them an extra point in the standings on the draw. The two goals came from 14-year-old striker Axel Kai and left-back slash left midfielder Aziz Kayondo. Both players have been talked about extensively this season during Monarchs minutes, and for good reason. For my money, those two, alongside Haziel Orozco and Golden Mafuenta, have shown to be the most influential players on the field for the Monarchs all season long. Perhaps I'd throw Gavin Beavers in that group, too. I expect a first-team contract to come for Kayondo sometime probably in the next year or year, let's say year. Lastly, the Monarchs continue to, to utilize a back-three formation, this time opting to trot out Orozco, Holt, and Zach Farnsworth. The team is pretty solid center back depth, and that is always yeah. a bonus for any team, any league in the world. Suffice it to say, I think RSL would do well to give Haziel a call up and get him minutes in a back yes. three, but that's hard to do with a team in such contentious playoff race. I am complete on my Monarchs minute this week, and I see that I went well over time, so I apologize, but there was a lot to get to. Yeah, minute 45, but it doesn't matter. It's well worth it. And I agree minute with you. 45 <laughs> rolls off the tongue. There's a, there's a lot of guys, I agree with you, for the Monarchs that have some very promising futures. Um, Big Machine, 
Golden Fuente, Aziz Kayanda, you mentioned him, um, and Haziel. We've got some great depth uh, on the back line, which is a great thing to have. And our goalkeepers are always deep. So I think we've got that locked up for a while. And now we just got to work on the attack and maybe you guys that can finish because that was a bit of a problem tonight. But it would thank you very much for that, Alex. Let's move on to our news segment. Um, there is one major glaring piece of news uh, yeah. for a, a major announcement that happened tonight for RSL. Don Garber, the MLS commissioner, coming to town. Uh, what could it be? Everybody was speculating on Twitter. And finally, we find out. So, Alex, hit us with it. Yeah, we were only speculating for so long before it became abundantly apparent because the yes. team leaked it on their own website. But the major club announcement is indeed that the stadium naming rights have been officially announced and they have gone to America First Field, sponsored by America First Credit Union. The deal will see RSL paid nearly $100 million over the next 15 years, or roughly around $6 million a year, which is among the tops in MLS for any such deal. Friendly reminder that credit unions are, quote, not-for-profit, and as such do not pay corporate income tax, so it's easier to have $100 million lying around. The term America First is also, of course, a slogan used by, however not directly invented by, the KKK and co-opted by other far-right groups. Certainly, this is not intentional from the club, but also something that definitely does exist and did happen. So I do think it is worth a mention at minimum. It's really not a great look. The club has also seemingly started to block anyone and everyone on Twitter who has pointed this out. And that sucks. Uh, It's soft from the club. And in my opinion, they would have been well served to acknowledge the connection of the phrase from the beginning to extremist groups and come out and say that they, of course, stand in clear opposition to any ideology uh, backings of groups of that nature. They didn't do that, and now they've put themselves in a situation where they are (sighs) frustratingly blocking and essentially silencing a lot of the viewpoints of a large portion of the fans. I'm not going to say majority because I don't know that it is that. I think there are a lot of people that are unaware of the phrase and one, its origins, and two, its connections to major far-right groups. But I don't think that that gives the club a pass on pretending that that is not a connection that does exist. So it's something that I probably won't spend too much time here on the pod talking about because I think there are those more informed and probably better suited to discuss this. But it's something that I do think is worth our time to at least mention, because especially when the club comes out and touts this as a major club announcement for the future of the team, uh, and they don't even you know, acknowledge or seem to accept the fact that it is, you know, taken by some to mean something very different from what it is, of course, intended to mean. I think that's problematic for the team. And like they signed a huge contract. This is a massive, massive deal money wise. And to not even seem to accept the slightest of criticisms from some of your most not even outspoken, but diehard fans and i know i hate ranking fandom because i think that's silly but it's just it's strange it's a strange move from the club and i think there is clearly directive from on high within the ownership group or perhaps the front office to just come out and block people that say anything negative about it because they did get six million dollars a year for the next 15 years so i don't know it's it's kind of a bummer that it happened i've seen a lot of fans on twitter extremely frustrated being blocked and having their fandom kind of tested by their own club and so I hate that. I hate that. I hate that from that perspective. Uh, but we do have to acknowledge that it is one of the biggest deals in MLS and that gives the team three to four X the amount of money they were bringing in from the deal with Rio Tinto, another not great company. I feel like the need should, or I feel the need to point that out. But so I don't know. It's it's a bummer of a deal. 
it's great that the money's coming in, but also unless the money is spent on the roster, what's the point? Cause you know, we've seen the club bring in money before and we're told that it's going to get spent on the roster and then it doesn't. And yeah, I feel I, that a tide has turned with this new ownership group, but mm-hmm. I've been lied to before my friend. And we've just spent the last two windows, not really spending a whole lot of money. So I don't I, know. I, that's I, the big major news. I hate that the club made a whole firework night for it. I hate that. Like, <laughs> like I, I, the fireworks are fun. Cool. I get it. But like to, to make this seem like it was going to be a massive announcement for the club and then make it like, why are we supposed to get excited about like new corporate overlords? I just, I don't really get it. And in the long run, maybe it doesn't mean much, but I don't know. It just, it's very clear that if you have the commissioner coming in and you make this thing, that's not a thing into a very big thing that just kind of highlights the amount or the lack thereof of actual big moments we've had this season. Like if this is worth having a fireworks night about, it's very clear that like, there's not a whole lot else going on. You know what I mean? And just pulling out all the stops to get those, those quote unquote sellouts. And I can't be mad at them, but it is in the least bit, you know, frustrating, but Ethan, do you have anything to add on this or have I pretty well covered it? You pretty well covered it. But the main thing I just wanted to say, I was going to ask you if Alex, do you think that all of that money might be maybe enough to go out and make some big splash signings sometimes? I mean, you would certainly hope so. And that's that's clearly the intent, right? Because there's no need, you know, there's no other reason to sign a, a 15 year deal. If you don't, Stadium's maxed out to use the money. Exactly. And we all kind of figured that like a stadium improvement would be a part of this announcement. They have already announced safe standing. It was supposed to happen months ago. It hasn't. It's now apparently there for October 9th, according to Trey on Twitter, which will be the last game of the season. So I figured that would be part of this announcement. I figured maybe a stadium expansion, but no, it's just, it's just a new sponsor. And so if the money does actually get used, I would be extremely happy, but Again, as I said, I've been lied to before and, you know, Deloitte made the Audi executive club with the express intent of being able to bring in higher caliber uh, corporate sponsors. And that just never seemed to be the case. So I will cross my fingers and hope for the best, but I won't do so with any real intensity. I I would not be stunned if, if it's kind of just more of the same, but I hope it's not. And I'm excited for the future of the club and I absolutely hate the name. And I think it's frankly a little bit disrespectful that they didn't even acknowledge or perhaps try to change it. The one silver lining is that it's still called the riot. I guess yes. the yes. stadium is, or the <laughs> trace always will be always on will Twitter be. has said that the riot are the, are the friends we made along the way are the people in the stadium. No, it's the stadium. It's here at the riot stuff. The riot it, is not a not, location. Exactly. It is a state of mind. It, it, like <laughs> exactly. It really is. And like America first, the credit union clearly has said that it is not the stadium, but like, no, that's stupid. It is the stadium. Yeah. Call it the riot. Hopefully it always will does. be. And uh, yeah, I think, it, I think America first would have gone like a really long way if they said the riot at America first field or something like that. Yeah. I, don't know. I just, I don't know. It's really tone deaf from a club that has had <laughs> so, 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 so many tone deaf moments yes. over the last three to five years. But I digress. It is what it is. It's unfortunate that it is. And hopefully there are some really good TIFOs about it. And uh, those more artistically inclined can take a better stand on it than I can. Well, I guess the countdown begins until we see how long it takes for RSL to get canceled again. Um, yeah. You know what? Maybe. That clock, yeah, maybe. The day since accident <laughs> clock at RSL. It really maybe we never <laughs> get a good dusting off because it never quite gets to that point. <laughs> maybe we can front load this deal somehow. We'll just take the 50 million this next year and then we'll like divide the other 50 million over the next 15 years because uh, 
one because that's what'll take to get Garth Loggerway through the door. Lionel Messi's current salary right now is forty one million dollars. So very interesting. We could go out and get ourselves a Messi, and then like maybe buy a half decent like other striker, and then just play those two up top, and maybe we start winning games. Really love to find out how much Garth is making in Seattle right now because six million. We're making three to four x what we were under the Rio. I think the Rio Tinto deal was like two million a year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. If we could go throw four million at Garth. Give him a little $2 million transfer budget. That could be nice. That could be very nice. And put him on the field. Let him play. And we'll probably. Yeah, he could, he could still play some keeper. I'm, I'm positive. Yeah, he could. Sure. <laughs> All Speaking right. Well, playing keeper. Oh, goodness. Yes. So um, I guess that is a perfect segue into our game review segment. Uh, game review for the DC United game against Real Salt Lake. This game happened tonight. We are recording um, late Saturday night after the game has occurred. Um. And goodness me, I mean, there's no goals, so I don't have to talk about any goal scoring moments, Um, but there were a lot of almost goals and um, RSL really dominated this game from a standpoint of uh, the stats. If you weren't able to watch it, didn't really miss too much, but there were some good moments and we're going to kind of talk about those moments and kind of analyze some of the things that the team did in this game, 16 total shots in this game from RSL, half of those eight on target. DC United only had eight total shots with only three on target in this game. Um, Zach McMath did a great job goalkeeping, but not a great job distributing. Um, I would say in this game, that uh, pass accuracy theme of the last yes. month, pass accuracy at 77%, um, little favored in the possession for RSL tackle success was great for RSL 70% in this game. Um, they had 10 corners, like 10 corners, 16 shots, eight on goal. Just everything you're looking at should say that RSL should have won this game by a score of at least one, two, something to, to zero, maybe even one or something from DC United. There were a couple opportunities for DC United, but a majority of the chances in this game favored RSL. There's a couple of talking points to get through in this one. I think we should start off with the elephant in the room that is one David Ochoa in this game. Every single time that David Ochoa touched the ball, he would milk it. He would milk it for all it's worth and take as much time as he possibly could just to make everybody mad. He got booed constantly throughout the game. And that just fueled David Ochoa like it always has and always will. Um, David Ochoa got a yellow card in this game for kicking the ball away at a different uh, point. Um, Just just everything. Um, He was making saves that like were super easy saves a lot harder than harder than they should have. Like he'd come out of the box and then like kick the ball back into the box and then go into the box and like pick it up. Like just stupid (laughs) random things by David Ochoa thing in the whole world. So, um, but David Ochoa stood on his head to be fair. The guy had eight saves and um, some of these saves were, were shots that honestly, I don't know if a normal keeper is going to be saving. Um, There was an Mm. upper 90 free kick from, I believe it was Paolo Ruiz that just absolutely hammered the shot. Uh, David Ochoa made a fantastic save. Anderson Julio had a header from almost point blank range. It was a little contested to, to be fair to him, but another save from Ochoa just Ochoa was really everywhere in this game. And honestly, the reason that RSL doesn't pick up three points in a massive game that they need three points. in because this is the worst team in the East, probably the worst team in the, and like all of MLS to be honest. So how do you not beat this team at home Oh, like Pablo in post game was talking about it and he said, you know, we did everything right. I was happy with the team's performance. Unfortunately, the result just didn't go our way at the end of the day and we didn't get the goal. And yeah, I think it's David Ochoa. Like if we have to look back at this game and we miss the playoffs by like one or two points, David Ochoa will be the reason 
that RSL does not make the playoffs. Alex, how does that make you feel? He doesn't want it any other way, baby. That would be so perfect for David Ochoa. And frankly, by way for me, because that's just tremendous content. That's just incredibly hard to beat for David to go integrate himself into the club as quickly as he did. I know he did kind of spar with Romo for the, for the starting spot at the beginning of his time there, but to come here and I, I have watched the highlights. Uh, I watched them twice, yes. actually. I don't know why, <laughs> but I did do that. And his saves, he made some truly sensational saves. The Anderson yeah. Julio header that he pushed over the bar was like first class. It was yeah. extreme. It was a very good save. He also had the one on the ground. I can't remember who it was from. I think it might have been Snortova, but I don't know that that's true. That he pushed wide left. That one was yeah. also very good, a bouncing ball. And it just made me so, so happy to see him wasting time. I loved, there was a lot of discourse on Twitter on if you would boo David Ochoa or not. And a lot of people were, frankly, offended that David Ochoa was receiving boos. However, I personally, if I had been there, would have booed David Ochoa because I know deep down in my heart, that's what he would have wanted. And I think anything that I could do to help spur him on would be would be beneficial for me and my in my heart. However, we failed to beat the worst team in the league at home in one of the tightest playoff races I can remember since all of, I guess, last year. If we do not make the playoffs, it will be because David Ochoa stood on his head and Javier Chicharito Hernandez cannot take penalty kicks. That is what it will come down to. And what a wonderful culmination of events, Ethan. That's just tremendous. I, I just cannot believe... I cannot believe this result. I was driving home and I had I had my girlfriend check the score and she told me 0-0 and I said, is that halftime? And she said, no, the, the, the tweet says full time. And that just blows my mind. And this is not just to me to harp on the team on a bad performance because I have, again, I have watched the highlights. We did create a few really good chances, but no like clear cut, like worldly opportunities. I still think probably the best opportunity of this game comes from Ola Kamara who gets to yeah. turn in the box and takes a point blank shot. He just, unfortunately, well, I guess, excuse me, fortunately, I'm too David Ochoa in my head right now. Fortunately, he puts it directly on Zach McMath. But uh, I think that's you know probably what? the best chance. That was, of the game. A, that was a pretty Julio's good save good from McMath. Don't take, don't discredit Zach McMath okay. on that one. That's a one-on-one okay. shot. And McMath makes a good save, even though, even though it's, it's not the best shot in the world. It's still a very good save. From You're right. I, he also had the kick save late in the game, which was yeah. also very impressive, but it's, yeah, it's not to say that DC United just kind of rolled over and we were just pummeling them with shots. Like, in my opinion, we did a lot to try to give this game away. And that's not a bad thing. I think going for it at home was the right thing to do. I think pushing for three and risking the one makes a whole lot more sense than trying to bunker down and take the one point at home. However, there are still some question marks for me and how we pushed for this result. And the biggest one is my one to watch. Ethan, can you remember who that is? It is, well, it was first David Ochoa, but then you said I couldn't do that. So then it was Diego Luna. Yes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't well, make it in. He's just not been put in any positions to succeed for this team. Yep. What are we doing? Taylor Twoman, what are we doing? Dot gif. How does Diego Luna, and ex- I want you to explain to me as someone that was not able to watch the full game, if it felt in the moment like the right move to not bring on Diego Luna, because in my opinion, especially after he actually showed pretty well in LA, how he does not make it into this game in which we send on four attacking substitutions and he's none of them. He's uh, who's better. Who's better on the bench than Diego Luna. And that's not to say that Diego Luna is fantastic. That's to say, that's a very good point. That's (laughs) to say that the other options are not very good. Rubio Rubin has not shown an ounce of confidence in months. 
in months. And I, I hate bagging on Rubin because I really do think he could be a great player for us, but, but he has not been he has not, at all. He has not. And so I'm, you know, there, this is not me defending Rubio Rubin. It's me questioning the decision to put him on instead of a guy like Diego Luna. I want to always hearken back to Diego Luna's own words. And he said he came to this team and this club because of the development path we laid out before him. What does that path look like, Ethan? If this is the path that he agreed to, why did he agree to it? He's only getting starts with rotated squads on the road and incredibly difficult places to play. And when he gets substitute minutes, they often come too late to have any substantial impact. And when he does come on and actually impact the game positively, we don't see that rewarded in the next game of the season. What is going on here? At home against the worst team in the league, chasing points, and he can't come into this game with any substantial time, any substantial, any minutes at all, in fact, in this game. Are you kidding me? It's terrible. He was, he was quoted as one of our big summer signings. Yep. It's bad. He can't even get off the bench for a guy like Danny Musovsky. Are you kidding me? I'm happy to see Danny Musovsky. I truly am. I'm glad that we saw what he has in him now. And And he looks decent. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Diego Luna, not getting minutes is criminal for a team that has predicated themselves on success of their homegrown players. And yes, he is technically a homegrown only through certain, uh, intricacies of league rules and the archaic rules, be it uh, what they may. How on earth he is not receiving minutes is a stark indictment of the club. And I think the biggest reason is that this club has been in win-now mode for the past half decade because coaches are constantly on the hot seat because ownership is constantly making decisions that forces them in difficult positions, and they just never have any time to actually develop players, ever. It's always about win now, and that's always going to lean heavily on veterans. And it frustrates me to no end. To no end. Saw time. I want to play a game real quick with you. Um, (laughs) Diego Luna at this point. Because I I, I love Diego Luna as well, and I I agree with a lot of the points that you're bringing up. But um, if you're looking at this roster, typically just, just, just looking at a standpoint of, I would rather have Diego Luna on the field because of all of the things that he can do over blank. That's what we're going to look at, right? So would you rather have Diego Luna on the field than Sergio Cordova? In in this, I'm, okay, so I want to be very clear. In this specific game state, yeah. tied at home against the worst team in the league. Yeah, like Cordova comes off in the 68th minute. Are you subbing in Diego Luna at that point? Uh, yeah. Maybe you have to change Anderson the formation Julio, a little Anderson bit, Julio but. is the only one that I would put him. I would put Diego okay. Luna. So in this game... Anderson Julio, Rubio Rubin, Danny Musovsky, and Brian Ojeda come under the field. The only player that I would consider putting on before Diego mm-hmm. Luna is, of course, Anderson Julio. Yes. Yep, I agree. Um, what about, would you rather have him on the field than Michael Chang? Yes. Yes, yes, okay. clearly. Would Michael, you rather Michael have had a hot him? start to the season. He's been extremely streaky since, and I don't think that he's shown anything recently that proves to me that he is better either now or in three years for this team. I, I don't think you'll say Justin Merrim. I think Merrim probably deserves to be on the field maybe a, a, a titch more than Diego Luna. Merrim needs to start shooting the darn ball. He gets That's true. He he does this wonderful thing where he cuts back onto his right foot and then he passes to the top of the box and we lose possession. I still always uh, love Justin Merrim though. I, I know you do love Justin Merrim. That is a tougher one. Don't slam my boy. I, is that maybe like the is that maybe like the, the cutoff right there? Is like I don't know, because I do worry that Miram will lose his legs. He's, he's played more minutes than he has in again, like six, seven years. Yeah. So there is always that thought that he 
will just kind of not be able to do the running. And I think we might have started to see that. Obviously he gets rotated out at LAFC. Yeah. I don't know. That That one's a tougher one, but I do think that one is a product of the fact that we are in win now mode. And had we done things earlier on in the season to take care of business during an extremely easy stretch during the summer, we maybe weren't, or maybe would not be in such win now mode and would have the benefit of being able to play a guy like Diego Luna. Do you have any um, more for me? Uh, no, that, that was it on that game, okay. really. Um, I do like but, that game. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Diego Luna should have been on the field. I asked, or actually Tom from KSL asked um, Pablo in post-game presser about that move and not bringing in Diego Luna. And Pablo kind of hinted towards that he was going to bring on kind of one more attacking player at the point in the game where I believe it was the 77th minute um, when Miram did come off for Musovsky. And he said that he chose Musovsky instead of Diego Luna, which is, I mean, I, I get that you want Musovsky to get his first minutes of the season, but why not bring Diego Luna on? You still have an extra sub and you don't use it. Um, we only used four or five subs in this game. So Diego Luna needs to be brought on. I don't care where you put him, put him somewhere, figure it out, make it work. Would um, it surprise you if I told you that Justin Joseph Miram has one goal contribution, one single assist in his last nine RSL appearances. I don't care. He's created in his last nine RSL appearances. He has one single hey, assist. Maybe I Herrera, would actually start Diego. Luna as, as Aaron Herrera has said, I've been putting the ball in that, in those places all season. Justin Miram's been putting <laughs> the ball in places in dangerous spots, honestly. And he's had shots that have been close, but like, it's either good goalkeeping or maybe like the shots a titch off. Like eh, it's fine. It's maybe it's just an unlucky streak for. Is Justin it Marin, fine? Are we in seventh place in the Western Conference right now, fighting for a playoff spot? Well, yeah, but who else are you going to start over at left mid? You want Diego Luna to start there? Maybe. I'd rather have Justin Merrim. Let us know what you think. If you'd rather have Justin Merrim or Diego Luna starting at that left mid spot, Michael Chang has wing. one assist in how many games? You can take Michael Chang off. I'm fine with that. 17 games. Michael, Michael has Chang one yeah. assist in his last 17 games. No goals. I'm with you on that one. What are we doing? How is Diego Luna and Anderson Julio not seeing more minutes? I agree. Yeah. These are the guys keeping them off the field. Are you kidding me? Seriously? It's, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely mind boggling. Well, United signs Christian Benteke and I have to watch him come from the Crystal riot. Palace, from Crystal Palace, from a our umbrella, umbrella club. I have to see Christian Benteke come to Rio Tinto wearing a shirt that isn't ours. Are you kidding? No, you didn't because you didn't watch the game. Benteke watched I had to watch Benteke. Benteke to RSL. I had to watch Benteke and I had to watch David Ochoa come here and perform his little dark arts theater compilation, which was not great. Justin, our starting wingers, Justin, Miram and Michael Chang have two combined assists over the last nine games. That's not great. Are you kidding me? What? And Diego Luna can't see minutes because of those two. Seriously? If we're in win now mode, we need to get rid of those two because they are not helping us win now, clearly. I don't know if why can this club never play the kids next year to be honest. Why can this club never play the kids with any sort of consistency? Yes, I know a lot of them just aged out of it, but those guys we're not game breaking guys anymore. Like at 23, 24, like they are no longer kids. I, this I'm going to 18 year old that we came in who came here because we had a positive developmental plan for him. How is this part of the plan that he agreed to? And if yeah. it's not, what message are we sending? Because the last guy that we had a plan for was David Ochoa. And he just kept his clean sheet on the road. 
in what turned out to be a hostile environment for him. So Alex, I'm, I I'm make sorry a... that I came in so heated, but our wingers have <laughs> yeah, done they're, nothing they're, they've over the last two terrible. months. Um, I want to three months. I want to ask you, I want to like make a, like a slight fantasy football analogy. I'm sorry. I don't mean to bring fantasy football into a soccer uh, podcast, but <laughs> it's, it kind of makes me feel like, you know how, like when you're going through a, a fantasy football draft and you like see a guy, like, I don't know, let's say like Josh Jacobs and you're like, Josh Jacobs, like, yeah, he's got a lot of potential, but he doesn't like catch passes. He's got a lot of cons. Like it's Josh Jacobs. He's injury prone all the time. And you see a guy like Damian Pierce and you're like, who? Like this dude's a rookie. Like he doesn't, even, he doesn't even have a picture when I'm going through and drafting him, <laughs> but like he could be the starter for the Texans and he could very well be a very good running back and be very useful in fantasy a lot more so than Josh Jacobs. I feel like that's kind of what management is doing with RSL. They see the names that they know and that they've heard of and that they've seen. And they're like, Ooh, like let's go ahead and start this guy and not play the kids. Yeah. Because the coach is in that, now mode because he's playing yeah. for his job every single and, season. And heads are going to roll at the end of this season. I, I, if the team doesn't make the playoffs, which it looks like they won't, and even if the team makes the playoffs and then goes out in the first round, there's a very high likelihood that a lot of people in the organization are going to lose a job. Hmm. Michael Chang, 1,700 yeah. minutes this season. 30 games played, 22 games started. Seven goal and assist contributions. One goal, six assists. That's good for a goal or assist every almost every three matches. More like by How? Oh. More like Bike Helching. Sorry, I had to get wow. that dad joke in there. <laughs> How is this guy keeping Anderson Julio and Diego Luna off the field? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah it's uh, wild. Um, and especially game, going into the most important stretch of the season, it yes. seems like we have just played them so much that we're just going, as you say, to continue to play them because we know that they exist and we know what they can give us, even though th- what they're giving us isn't actually that good. Mm-hmm. We're just playing them because we know they'll put in a hard shift. Mm-hmm. It frustrates me, Ethan. If yeah. I, and I hate to be this pessimistic, but sitting seventh, after playing a- the worst team in the league at home when you rested players midweek specifically for this moment. <sighs> it's, it's, it's it's tough to be optimistic. I do have a silver lining, which I will share with you all I'm listening. later because we always need a good little silver lining to try and keep this That's podcast as positive as we can during the That's tough really times and point. tough moments. But um, I, I can just go down the attackers really quick and just say like, they played okay or not, but like Jefferson Savarino didn't really, he had three shots this game, one goal, and he had a couple of shots that were just bad like one shot just went straight up and i have no idea what happened savarino not a great game for him sergio snortova was exactly that sergio snortova did not play great in this game rubio rubin please don't enter the lineup for the rest of the season uh anderson julio i love him two shots and one on goal in this game as he comes in only 22 minutes played so uh yes more minutes yeah for anderson he looked julio. awesome he looked great. danny danny musovsky looked okay in the 13 minutes he had not a ton of contributions in this game but, um, you know, maybe a guy that, that shows up a lot better than someone like Rubio Rubin. So maybe he can take Rubio Rubin's minutes or something going forward. Um, Justin Merrim, you mentioned not great in this game. Michael Chang, not terrible. Um, but Jasper Loffelson played played okay in this game. Um, there was a couple moments that he had that were pretty tricky. A moment where he caught the ball on his leg and kind of on a swivel on a dime turned and went up the field. Um, I always love me some Jasper Loffelson. Brian Ojeda. I thought played okay, but looked a little slower in this game. Maybe my eyes deceived me in the first game that he was like faster or something, but looked a little slower in this game, um, but had some good moments drawing some fouls in this game. Paolo Ruiz took four shots in this game, three on target. I have no problem with Paolo Ruiz in this game. Had a, almost a worldy of a goal from the free kick, like I mentioned, but that's like, 
kind of my pass fail grades for the attackers and midfield. Do you have anything to add on the attackers and midfield players before we go to the defenders, which were probably the standout of this game? Only because you asked me about if I would play Diego Luna over Justin Miram. I crunched the old numbers and his numbers look extremely similar to one Michael Chang in 2,222. Very nice. MLS minutes this season. He has three goals, seven assists. That is good enough for a goal or assist every two and just under a half games. How are these guys keeping Diego Luna off the field? Every two and a half games for a goal contribution is not good enough, especially down the stretch. It is not surprising to me that our attack has seemingly dried up as of late. I know we're coming off a big 3-0 win against Minnesota, but that one is starting to look much more like an anomaly than a fork in the road towards a better direction. And that frustrates me. And our attack is, is lacking. And I think part of that comes from playing your best player in a central position where he does not seem to be as comfortable as he does on the wing. And that is all I will say on that because I don't want to bring us down just too much. And you said the defenders were really the standouts here. And I would like to hear more about that because those are the kind of things they don't yes. show in the highlights, my friend. Justin Miram is definitely a Pablo Mastroni guy. That's what yeah, I will say uh, in respects to that. But I always love Justin Miram, even though he, if he doesn't perform as great sometimes, I love him. Um, and that's Aaron Herrera. Baby. Aaron Herrera, I thought, played pretty well. Had a couple of crosses in this game. Um, played pretty well defensively as well. I It wasn't like a, a stellar, outstanding, amazing game from Aaron Herrera, but I thought he did a, a pretty good job in the back. Um, Justin Glad, same thing. Played pretty well in the back. Marcelo Silva played great, except for two moments where he really, really scared everybody in the stadium. There was a time where he just flat out gave the ball away to, I believe it was Ola Camara. And then Camara starts running down the field. Um, Marcelo Silva makes a very tactical foul where he receives a yellow card at the moment, but it's a bit of a mistake from him. Yellow card, nothing gained, nothing lost really there. Um, another point in the game where it's kind of two on one, not much Marcelo Silva can do. He decides to take the player with a ball. who then passes it down to, I believe again, Ola Kamara, who has that one-on-one that we mentioned earlier with Zach McMath where McMath makes the great save. So, not the best game in the world for Marcelo Silva, but I'm not going to slander him. He he kept the clean sheet with the team. And then the last thing I will say uh, for me, for me in this game, it might be controversial, but I think my MVP was Andrew Brody. So I saw some things in this game from Andrew Brody that just made me sit there and think, you know what? Like we found our left back. Like uh, this is the guy. And I, I'm going to stand by that until we see a breakdown from Andrew Brody, which I don't know that we'll see, but He's looked really good at that left on that left side. There was a couple times in this game where he came running through defenders, just kind of he's so he's he's kind of weird and like the way he moves and like in, in a good way, in a good way. Like there was a play where he had and the ball out on the wing, and I feel like defenders look at him and think, oh, this guy like kind of he's not the fastest dude in the world. He's a little like shrimpy dude. Like he's not gonna run <laughs> past me. And then he just beats them out on the wing every time, and then he'll like cut in and like have a good pass in the middle, like Andrew Brody also almost had a header in this game. Just if he was a little taller, he might've actually won the header and could have had the goal maybe. But like, I love Andrew Brody and I thought he played really well in this game. He looked really good. Probably. I don't know if I'm way off base and saying that he might've had the best game out of any RSL player in this one, but I really loved me some Andrew Brody in this one. So that's all I will say about this game recap. Uh, There's not much else to say other than it was very disappointing. We move on to a tougher part of the schedule and 
So do you have any parting words on this game review, Alex? You mentioned Marcelo Silva's tactical foul that led to a yellow card. And this is not a unique thought to me, but I do. If I was commissioner for a day and I got to really reform the the rules and laws of the game. And, you know, that probably goes higher than the commissioner probably goes to IFAB officials or something like that. (laughs) I would probably choose to make every single tactical foul a straight red card. Because I think that would make for way more entertaining soccer because I do not think that you should be able to just clearly break the rules of the game and only receive a warning for that. I think think that's silly. Imagine if Chiellini had just gotten a straight red for just swatting the ball down because that feels way more fair, right? Like Marcelo Silva makes a bad mistake and gets beaten and then he gets to just like end the play by doing an action that is clearly against like the laws in the spirit of the game, but he only gets a, like a, a warning for it. A little so slap that's, on the wrist. That's exactly it. That's my parting words for this game. I think that would make soccer way more fun and it would just be way more exciting when like center backs make mistakes. And I think that probably breeds better center backs too. So I don't know, but yeah, those are my parting words. This was an incredibly frustrating oh. result and one that I think we will be ruining come October 9th against Portland when we are on a decision day matchup playing for a playoff spot and it could be extremely close that day. So yeah, well, tough result, horrible result, frankly, like there's no other way to slice it, right? This is, this is abysmal. Yes. You, you've yes. got to beat the worst teams at home and you've, you definitely have to beat the worst Eastern conference teams at home. Well, one thing I will say, you're talking about a close playoff race, closest one you can remember since last year. This is giving <laughs> really me really my memory on that. This one. is giving me eerily similar vibes from RSL last season. If it you really remember correctly, RSL was still in the playoff race. They needed wins and they played a Chicago fire team at yep. home that was like last in the East. And they, I think they it lost was on the that road. Game. It was on the road. It was on the road was in it? Chicago. Yes, because that was the game that I asked Albert on Zoom. I was like, hey, what's uh, okay. going on, man? Like yes. the offense wasn't really clicking today. He was like, I don't know what game you're watching. I thought <laughs> yeah. we were great. I was like, dude, you didn't score against the worst team in the league. Like, no, you clearly weren't doing great. Yeah, they but like lost that game, but like they would like beat like and then they lost, I think, the Portland Timbers like 6-1 at home. And uh, there was some crazy games that season. So like they, they I feel like they lost to the really bad teams, but then like ended up getting decent results against the good team. So and that's been a critique of the team for a Maybe while that right? is that we play down, Maybe that the, you know, uh, the, the level yes. of the team that we're playing. And I don't know how much that actually holds true, but it certainly feels like it in moments like this. And it certainly felt like that in the U S open cup game against the yes. Northern Colorado hailstorm. Yes. Yes. I'm uh, having deja vu right now at this point in the season from last season. But Alex, speaking of October and dates and calendars, I don't know if you had looked at the, the calendar <laughs> for the games for RSL, but, but what a actually, transition that was, Fred. <laughs> we actually have two uh, two games to preview this week um, because RSL heads to Austin midweek this week on Wednesday um, to play Austin in Texas. So the game will be in Texas. It's an away game for RSL. Uh, Austin, Texas is currently the second best team in the standings um, in the West. Or yeah, in the West, in the West, um, with fifty-one be, points from thirty games played, but they just got stomped by the Sounders yes, in Seattle, three to zero, and will presumably be in search of a bounce-back game. They have also lost their last mm-hmm. three games after beating LAFC yep. at home. Yeah, they lost to Nashville too, um, in Nashville, three zero. So two, 
two away games yeah two two away games in a row where they've been shut out but they come back home they did lose their last home game against the timbers but you gotta think that austin's gonna be wanting to get a win after three straight yeah. losses they've got sebastian driussi the guy who just scores goals second leading goal scorer in mls this year diego fagundes second leading assist leader in the ml and is in he really MLS. yes he is Good diego, for diego. he's like a so, true mls lifer i'm proud of diego he is. that's a name um, that i remember like being very young and i was like wow yes. he's real up and comer and next year rudy just scores goals that's too awesome. so like this team's way dangerous it's a road game for rsl and they um, rested a lot of guys against the sounders which is yes. unfortunate for us and you know we mentioned it's midweek game so there's going to be possibly some tired legs, possibly some rotation with some players. I almost, I don't know. I'd love to, I'd love to see Diego Luna in this game. I think he, I, I don't want to guarantee it, but I say, I think that there is like a, there's got to be a 90% chance at least that Diego Luna gets, you would think. Yeah, because they only put him in positions to lose. Like there's, they never put him in positions to succeed. They're going to put him on the road with a rotated lineup against one of the best teams in MLS. And like, he's not going to do well. Like, yeah, shocker. I can't believe it. Alex, what is your score result for this game? Bad. I don't know. I I can't imagine. I assume we lose two zero. I don't know. Okay. Austin's I think is a better team than their current run of form. RSL, as I mentioned earlier, have a, very very bad run you, you can't even call it a run of form it just is like their season at this point rsl have now won four of their last 16 games and have taken a paltry 18 points from a possible 48 that's just that's just it's it's horrific it's it's what a terrible stretch from rsl and there was good wins in there which is wild like we beat seattle in seattle that just does not happen often for this team and then we just capitulate and fall apart against uh, teams we should really be beating. And so I have no idea what to expect against Austin. Like maybe the team rallies that old human spirit and X dog and comes out like flying, but I don't foresee that happening. I foresee Austin being able to beat us front to back. And yeah, I'm going to go two zero. I don't think it's going to be fun. I don't want to watch it, but I'm going to, and I'm going to love it, but it's going to be hard for me. And yeah, that's my, that's my man. I sound so dark and dreary on this podcast. I feel bad, but it's just like it's hard to I don't want to also like pretend and just say that I think we're going to win, but I don't. So I stick by it. But regardless is how difficult that is for me being being a sad, a sad uh, prediction, but also I'm very bad at prediction. So hopefully that's a good thing. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, I'm going to agree with you on the loss. Uh, Austin's had a great season. They have, however, in their last seven games allowed a total of 17 goals and have not had a shutout since eight games ago back in July. End of July was when they had their last shutout. So I think there's a glimmer of hope for RSL. I would say that the game flow maybe goes like Austin scores, and then RSL comes back and snags one and ties it and gives us like uh, like an ounce of hope, and then we get our dreams <laughs> crushed when Austin it. goes through and gets like another two goals. So I'm going to say three to one. RSL loses this game. Um, but my one to watch for this one will be... Jeez, I, I feel like I just go with Anderson Hooley every time. So I'm going to go with Justin Merrim because he needs a bounce back game in the biggest way possible. And I agree with you. If It's possible we see him kind of losing his wheels near the end of the season. Longtime veteran, played a lot of minutes, got a lot of time under him this, this year. So I want to see Justin Merrim ball out, have a great game and get that goal. Maybe he scores the, the one goal for RSL in this one. And I would love it if Justin Merrim can have a great one here and do something offensively, maybe more than one goal. Maybe that's too much to ask, but uh, I don't know. Alex, who's your one to watch in this game? 
Nobody. I don't know. <laughs> like, that Sebastian so Driussi. I mean, it's Pablo Ruiz if I have to pick one because he okay. did have a couple passes this game that looked like the Pablo Ruiz earlier on in the season who was really hitting huge switches to guys, you know, making big runs. And I think if he can get back to that, we can see a little bit more creation from that area, which is one that we have not seen, you know, goals come from in recent weeks. So he's going to be my guy to watch, but I'm not like excited about it in the way that I would have been earlier on in the season. I think he understandably had a really hard time coming back to the league after the passing of his father. Again, entirely understandable, but he has yet, he's had some really good moments and he's had some extremely close thunderbolt strikes. Yes. He'll get one eventually. I know he, he has to, I mean, just a lot of large numbers. He's taken so many that clearly one of these has to hit the back of the net. Yep. But I don't know. He's my one to watch. I, I love think it. his partnership with Lafelson just cooled off to the point where they're no longer, I think, the future of that position. I think he was playing so probably above and beyond what he's probably long-term capable of, Lafelson that is, that we thought it was kind of okay that we didn't get Cuellar. And now I think we're kind of realizing that, yeah, we probably should have spent up for a guy like that. But he's my yeah. guy to watch. And for those reasons, Ethan, did you give us a score prediction? I did. I did. I said 3-1. 3-1. Okay. Um, so we both got losses for RSL in this game. No real big shocker, but maybe that's when they shock us the most is when we think they're going to lose and maybe they win. So that would be huge if they could win this game. But um, next game that they've got on their schedule is a quick turnaround, a Saturday game against uh, Cincinnati, who just, I believe, laid a massive uh, thrashing they did. on... Six to zero. They played. Yeah, six they scored zero. a touchdown, missed the PAT on old San Jose. Oh, San Jose. Race. So San Jose, not great, but you know. And they said sixth in the Eastern Conference right above the playoff line. Yep. Cincinnati's no scrub of a team, but in my mind, and I'm sure in everybody else's mind, this is a must win game. And the players and coaches may never admit it, but if we don't win this game, we're not making the playoffs. And even if we do make the playoffs, we don't deserve to make the playoffs. If we don't Ooh. beat a Cincinnati team at home, it's it's the second to last home game of the season. It's the playoff push. And that was kind of maybe an almost must win game against DC United tonight. But this game, I'm going to call it, 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 especially if we lose against Austin, which I think is going to happen. We need points. We need points. And Cincinnati game is like, a source where I can see maybe points coming from, especially with some tough opponents later on. So Cincinnati game is going to be a must win. And I think, I think if I can conjure up all the hope in the world for this game, (laughs) that it happens. So I'm going to predict a win. I'll let you predict the score first. So you can try and differentiate for me, but Alex, what do you think is going to happen? Here's my worry. Cincinnati does not play midweek. And they are a oh. much better team than DC United. So Brandon Vasquez is a beast up top. And Brandon Vasquez is a beast up top. So those are my two worries that RSL is going to come in on tired legs just for Sixth. having had to play no, midweek. And Cincinnati does not have that uh, disadvantage. And so they get a full week's worth of rest and they get to come into, oh, I was going to call it the riot, but that doesn't that doesn't feel right. It's still worse. Even though it is still the riot, I know. They're going to come into AFCU field and unfortunately be it presumably full strength with a lot of rest and a team that needs a result much, much more than DC United, who was essentially playing a dead rubber game for them because they are so far out of the playoff picture, which, oh man, that is really, really tough. I don't, I honestly don't even know what I want to predict. Cincinnati's won two of their last three tied NYCFC. That's a pretty decent result. They're a good team, dude. 
I know. I'm just going to go. I'm going to predict a draw. Probably 2-2. Two, two. I sir. I don't know, but this could be one of those kind of Jekyll and Hyde RSL games where they come out just flying. But yeah, I don't know. Cincinnati's a better team than DC. They need the result more. They're going to have a full week's worth of rest. I'm going Cincinnati 2-2. Two, two. That's fair. Um, yeah, after a 6-0 thrashing, team can score goals. And Brandon Vasquez is actually tied for fifth in MLS play for goals scored this year, tied with one Chicho Arango. So oh, wow. you think Arango's yeah. scoring a lot of goals. Brandon Vasquez has equaled that amount this year. So um, I agree. And we know it's, we did it's great defending Chicho Arango. So. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, I think Brandon Vasquez gets the goal, but RSL wins 2-1. I'm not very confident at all in this prediction, but I'm going with my heart and I want Love it. RSL to win this game. So I think they win this game 2-1. My one to watch in this one. Oh my goodness. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I feel like I could go an attacker again and easily make it Sergio snore scored of a, <laughs> but I'm not going to, I'm going Ooh. to make it. Uh, I, I talked a lot about Andrew Brody, so I think he deserves it. So I'll make Andrew Brody. My one to watch in this I like game. It. I like that. A lot. Um, we really need to continue having those balls brought in from the, the wings and Aaron Herrera and Andrew Brody are the guys to do it. Um, Andrew Brody, not a known goal scorer, but he has had some moments of brilliance and he's got a, a good amount of assists. And I think, I think he'll provide an assist in this game. I'll go out on a limb and say it's Andrew Brody. Who's going to be providing one of the assists. He's been getting in very good spots and putting the ball in dangerous spots this year. So I could see it happening, but I love Andrew Brody. I love like the whole left side of the field for RSL, whoever they start over there now, which it's funny. I used to hate that side of the field. I hated Merrim. I hated our left back position, but no, I love it. So, yeah, Andrew Brody, my one to watch in this game. Alex, how about you, man? Mine will be Justin Thomas Glad. I think he is having, as Pablo Ru- or Master Wenny would put it, one of those seasons in MLS where you really go from a good player to a great player. And the defense is truly eye test wise. I was trying to come up with a good word there for that. And I couldn't put a <laughs> tangibly better when Justin Glad is on the field and it's visually represent. Every time you uh, you see him take the field and I want him to become captain very, very badly for this team. And yeah. I think that stems from a lot of the off the ball things that he will do leadership wise. And so that's why I'm making him my one to watch. This is going to be, as you say, a must win game at home. Uh, uh, presumably there will be a sellout because there always is. And so it'll be a good environment. And yeah, that he's my guy. I mean, the defense is better when he's out there, and I really enjoy watching him play, and he makes the team better. So what more could you want from a one to watch, Ethan? I mean, I love it. Uh, Justin Glad played pretty well in the, D- the DC United game tonight, and so I think he'll be an essential part of the team going forward for the this two-game stretch that we have. Um, I love it. Justin Glad. One to watch. So make sure you you're watching the games and make sure you'll uh, you'll be there for the Cincinnati game. If you're able to make it be a very big game for the team needing three points in this one. So Alex, I have nothing else really to mention on the podcast tonight. Do uh, you have any parting words for us or is that kind of it? Shockingly? No. 54 minutes for a game review and two previews and like major club news. That's pretty good for us. We got out of here in a timely manner. Maybe it helps that it's 12, 17 a.m. But no, I have nothing else to add, Ethan. I think you covered it all. That's great. That's great to hear. Um, I'm exhausted, but I love I know, being I here. Like shockingly tired. And, and talking some RSL and really appreciate everybody listening today through the 50 now five minutes that we're working on through this episode. So thank you all for sticking with us. 
Uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, like I said at the, the beginning of the podcast, make sure to follow Alex. Great follow. Lineup graphics are always on point with Alex. So follow You're Alex. Kind. Have Alex Mauer on Twitter. You can find me at Ethan Kershaw nine. And then also hit up the Hive Sports at the Hive Sports on Twitter. Uh, it's where you can find all of our episodes. Uh, make sure to leave a review if you feel so inclined. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and with that being said, uh, two game stretch. It'll be really interesting to see for RSL. So thank you all again for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. And we will uh, bring you all some awesome content for next week. So see you all. See you all later. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.